Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. The red light just came on, and we are well-trained enough to know that means start talking. Larry Smith, Mike Hegley, Brad Sturdy. It's a Sports Spectacular, and we are thrilled to get to play uh, just a small part of your weekend. You know we're talking hoops now after that huge week for the Illini. Hosting Penn State Saturday morning at State Farm Center as they open the home part of their Big Ten schedule. Football news and oh, happy day for only the third time in the past decade, the Illini are headed to a bowl game, and not just any bowl game. They're going down to Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. They're going down to Tampa to play in the ReliaQuest Bowl. I'm not sure what that is, Brad. I, I don't know what a ReliaQuest Bowl is, but it's a bowl. The bowl. And it's on January 2nd, Woo-hoo! and Illinois is playing it against an SEC opponent in, in Mississippi State. That's what it's all about. Boy, what a, what a you know, real, really good week, uh, exciting week for Illini sports. Yeah, and it's the perfect bowl because it's a company that provides quests for people who need to find themselves. And certainly the Illinois football program, it would be the perfect thing to go to a bowl game and win it. So the Rely Quest Bowl would be something that we've wanted to see for years. So it's like a quest. The exactly. Alina, it's the Alina Quest Bowl. The Alina Quest Bowl. It. There we are. And you know what? Win, win the game. They don't care. We can we can rename it if we win the game. That'd be great. Just like Matthew Meyer, he doesn't care either. That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. You know what? It could. It reminds you of like recall and total recall, where even if you lose, we'll inject the memory that you won, and you can pretend you were the star of the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, all right. yeah, total recall. Uh, you know, Larry's just thinking about the three boobed alien. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that for you, Arnold Sports for you, Arnold Schwarzenegger fans Larry, out there. Larry, Larry, you cannot mention anything to do with like science fiction no. around Mike <laughs> or bring up or superheroes, yeah, or Time wrestling, <laughs> or well, <laughs> just don't just mute Mike. <laughs> All right, be remarkably quiet. Show <laughs> that's right, exactly. Well, more football in a bit. Uh, meanwhile, as uh, Brad alluded to, it, it appears Illini Hoops uh, headed for the top 10 of the rankings for the third year in a row. 11 a.m. tip Saturday versus Penn State. Everyone's still buzzing about Tuesday night's thrilling overtime win over second-ranked and previously undefeated Texas. And, and Brad, you're right. This was the Matt Meyer game that I think Brad Underwood and the program and all of Illini Nation was was waiting for. Yeah, it was great. Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, right? I mean, it's a it, and it's such a it's really cool to play there, to be in that arena. You know. It, Years ago, for the Illini fans who go back just a few years, that was the site of the Tevian Jones game. So this was the Matthew Meyer game. Illinois beat Maryland, a ranked Maryland team, when they went back when Illinois wasn't very good at Madison Square Garden. Um, so yeah, it's it was great to see them win this game against the number two team in the country. High level game. You got really great defenses. I, I think that's what I saw. People oftentimes get caught. I always think it's funny, Illini fans. Well, we had like five minutes when we were really bad. Well, how do you think Texas felt in the overtime? Because they had five minutes when they were really bad too. Because that's what happens when good teams play. You're going to have times when you're not very good. And and it's going to be a struggle, especially teams that can really guard. But it was great to see um, Illinois step up at the end. The freshman, you know, Jaden Epps, 
and uh, you know, and Sincere Harris especially, and then Terrence Shannon took over in overtime. You know, here's an interesting question for you guys: Is Chris Beard is known as a defensive coach? Brad Underwood, you know, is kind of known as an offensive guy. But if you look at the Illini stats the last four years, they've become maybe the best defensive team in the Big Ten. And it doesn't seem like people bring up Brad Underwood's name when it comes to coaches who are great defensive coaches. I wonder why that is. You know, it, I think it takes time. Um, you have to you have to pay attention and know what's actually happening with these different teams outside of the ACC and the SEC in Kansas and Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, and when you pay attention, it's right there. And that's one thing I mentioned on the IlliniGuys.com uh, message boards this week. I said, listen, do you want them to shut up? Just win. And, and they have nowhere to go. I mean, how about Illinois? And Brad mentioned this in his takeaways on the, on the front of uh, LineIGuys.com. That's exclusive to, uh, to the members. 12 blocks. I don't think I ever heard the number of blocks Illinois had mentioned during the entire broadcast. And these were two veteran guys. I mean, to your point, outstanding defense being played, and yet nobody seems to talk about it. Yeah, it was really impressive to see. And that's a, you know, I was talking actually Coach Frazier in the, the post game in the locker room, and we were talking a little bit about this. Last year, they had a really good defense um, as well. Last couple of years, they were seventh and then 29th the last couple of years in defensive efficiency nationally. This year, they're 12th, but they're totally different the way they do it. Last year, it was like being solid, be in position, don't get caught out of position use our body to kind of guide them where we want to contest the shot. You know, now it's like, Hey, if they, we can, we can gamble pressure, whatever, cause if they get beat, we're going to jump up and block it. Cause we're six foot 10 and long or whatever, or we, you know, we're crazy athletic, like sincere Harris with some of his blocks. So this is a different team. They're able to do more things, put more pressure on the basketball. And, and it really, it's a game changer and it's a different way to play, but it's highly successful. Yeah, and I found the interesting thing last night was the block shots really changed that game around because there were several times that all Texas had to do was make a what looked like a routine play to have a 6-3 guard knock it out or Coleman Hawkins or, you know, and, and I just thought that defensive effort that required to get those block shots um, and and basically reset the offense and, and into possession. I thought that was really a huge uh, change in what we've seen from the Illini of the past. You know, and a couple of things that we've talked about, Brad being our insider has really kind of given us an inside view to practice and things here during the summer. And I really noticed this in, in the two games, Maryland last week, but especially the, the Texas game, number one, um, the, the two guards, Sincere Harris and Jaden Epps were two that I think coming into once classes began, where will these two fit in and where will they find minutes? You knew you'd see some Epps off the, you know, coming uh, off the bench. You didn't see him perhaps being a guy um, who would step up and, and, and have the cojones to, to take those shots, right? I mean, in, in the clutch, and, and he's done that um, in, in a big fashion, and he's been just a, a great offensive spark off the bench. The second thing is what Sturdy talked about um, last year at the end of the season, Al Underwood wanted to get bigger. And there was one time out there toward the end of the game where the backcourt around Underwood coming off the court to talk about strategy for the next play measured 6-3, I guess up to 6-3, maybe 6-2, 6-7, instead of 6-1, 6-1, maybe 6-3. And that length and that tenacity, and again, you bring in a sincere Harris, a big reason why 
Um, this is a very different looking team than what we've seen in the past. Yeah, that length is so important on defense. It, you know, athleticism can help, um, but you know, if you've got length, that really makes it. It makes it so much easier to defend. You can get in passing lanes. You can make it's so it's so hard to go offensively against length and athleticism, and that's what both Illinois and Texas use. Yeah, it was impressive showcase of defense last night at Madison Square Garden. We'll keep it here. We'll hear from Coach Underwood after the Texas win and further breakdown of this uh, Illini squad and where they stand after the second run of high-level tests. That's all straight ahead. We're just getting started right here on the Sports Spectacular. Just a quick reminder, the holidays are fast approaching, as you know. Get that gift for the Illini fan who has everything. A subscription to IlliniGuys.com. Insider information, premium feature stories, access to the message boards, all kinds of great content there. And if you act this weekend, a free Illini Guys sweatshirt. Only the cool kids have them, but that deal ends. Some- I got one. I've got one. I'm cool. Brad's a cool kid. He's got one. Yeah. Mike, you got one? Yep. No. Okay. You're a cool kid. Oh, well, yeah. Clearly not. He stole his from somebody. So, yeah. Uh, but, hey, again, that deal ends Sunday night. So, get to it. Find the details on IlliniGuys.com, or you can always email us for details, info at IlliniGuys.com. Do that. Uh, this Newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank, proud sponsor of the Fighting Illini Sports, as well as this fine program. Illinois ranked 17th in the country, 7-2 and two now on the season, heading into Saturday morning's date versus Penn State beat the Nittany Lions, and it would appear that Illinois could be elevated to the top 10 by both the media and coaches in their respective polls based on jumps we've seen uh, by Virginia, Michigan State, and Purdue uh, already this season. Guys, I think it's well-deserved. I'm not sure anybody else who has two top 10 wins um, and their only two losses were away from home. Uh, Again, close single-digit losses that went down to the final minute. Yeah, against really good teams, too. I, I think that Illinois, you know, when they, a lot of these people do the daily polls, so they're they, they're in the top ten. I think one of them has them ranked fifth in the country, yeah, and, they're, and they're in last place in the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> so just going to show you how conference schedule matters. Uh, bal- unbalanced schedule has their factor. But uh, really, really impressive start for this team because what we said was, in my preview I talked about this, I, I thought about this is a team probably isn't, at their final destination yet they're not where they're going to be in february or march but yet with that said guess what they just beat the number two team in the country so that's pretty impressive what they're able to do without really clicking on all cylinders or having everything together because this isn't just a bad play this is a bad play at times this is the fact that they've got five guys out of their nine rotation players who have never played um like a minute of college basketball before the well, I'm sorry, Dane Danger played eight minutes. But other than that, <laughs> nobody had played. I mean, of those five guys. And then you got new guys in who've never played at Illinois in Meyer and uh uh Shannon. So you've got two guys right now, Melendez and Hawkins, the only two guys returning from a year ago who've been in the system more than you know a few months. Yeah, and and I tell you, it you can see the defense evolving in front of us. But you can also see some of the mistakes that they will not be making later in the season as they just get some experience. Um, this team is really set up to improve mightily. And especially when, in many cases, a lot of us thought that maybe Ty Rogers would be the most impactful 
freshman, and he's still looking to find his way. When he does that, you could have another contributor. And, oh, by the way, there's a guy named Luke Goody who's trying to heal up and get in as well. That We could have – the line could have two more players who are impactful, you know, down the stretch. That's a great point. And, and to your point, this is a team already we've seen them wear down. Look, Maryland was gassed last week, okay, in those final minutes. That, that you know, that feeling that the emotions and the tide had turned where – uh, Maryland all of a sudden was, you know, was the hunter again, Illinois taking control. Um, the shot didn't fall at the end. Same with Texas. Once they got to overtime, they had no legs, nothing at all. The depth of Illinois wearing them down. But Mike, it's almost like you were reading my notes here, which I know you can't see because you can't see this far uh, away. Uh, but here's a great point that somebody posted that and I kind of took it a step further. Sky Clark commits Illinois 17th turnover around the 940 mark in the second half. So to make this even math, consider this, follow me. In the first 30 and a half minutes, Illinois commits 17 turnovers and they're outscored by eight. In the final 14 and a half minutes, they commit zero turnovers in a, in a regulation and overtime, and they outscore the number two team in the country by 15. If this team values the ball and figures out how to play together, plays a more complete 40-minute game, the, the ceiling is, is very high. It's scary what they could do. Yeah, this is uh, it's pretty impressive when you think about it, what they're able to do. You you make a great point, and that's one of the concerns right now. Only turning it over to over twenty percent of the time um, on their possessions, and so when they don't turn it over, they're really good. <laughs> so because not only do turnovers hurt your offense, they hurt your defense because teams get runouts. They get four on threes, three on twos, two on ones. Now, if you don't turn the ball over, your defense becomes better, and lo and behold, that's what we've seen. Yeah, and, and it would be interesting to see, um, you know, uh, valuing the ball a little more because while I didn't agree with every one of those charge calls, I thought there was some some loosey-goosey feet movement. But um, bottom line is you could see them coming before they got there. And so the refs were anticipating it, which means when the Illini aren't going to, you know, when they start maybe reacting and, and, and maybe ironically slowing down a little bit, um, I think they will be uh, much less likely to be turning the ball over so often. Some of those, I, I agree, I thought were questionable. Uh, Kedrick Prince uh, posted as well on his Twitter page, the Marcus Carr carry that was <laughs> as egregious a carry as I've seen. I mean, he took about three steps and then continued his dribble and there was no call. Uh, but I will tell you this, to, to be honest and fair, uh, I thought there could have been a charge called on the Terrence Shannon layup in overtime, the and one. You go back and look at it, his feet were set. He was outside the, uh, the arc, um, but it went Illinois' way. <clears throat> Again, I think referees are human. Um, it's easily easy to point out their foibles, and that was one I think that Illinois had the momentum. And when you're aggressive in making plays, uh, I do think they will give you uh, the benefit of the doubt. So um, anyway, that, that boy, I know there are a lot of people just fell over flat. <laughs> people try to resuscitate them. Larry Coppin the refs. Are you kidding me? That never happens. Uh, Brad Underwood, by the way, now 12 and five in his last 17 meetings versus top 10 teams. He talked Tuesday night about that incredible victory and happy to see grad transfer Matthew Meyer uh, season high, 21 points, five of five shooting from outside the arc, have a breakout game. You know, we, we had a Matthew Meyer sighting which was, uh, was very nice to see and, and, um, and much needed. Um, but then it's, you know, Sincere Harris with his defense and then a, a couple of timely offensive putbacks, his activity 
There's Jaden Epps off the bench. Um, you know, there's Terrence Shannon who, you know, five stitches in his eye and, and playing against his old ball coach who he loves and, and um, you know, slow getting going. Uh, or Dan Melinda has a couple big shots and then, you know, Terrence just uh, kind of took over and it was, you know, Dane Dejan in the first half had a lot of really positive moments. So I don't know where it's coming. Uh, I think that's the beauty of our team. Uh, we were about as ugly a basketball team as you could be in that 16-2 run. Uh, we didn't look like we could beat a high school team. And yet, uh, we've had those moments and we've been able to fight back in a lot of, in a lot of games and, and find our way back. Our defense settles in. I thought we did a great, great job on <clears throat> On Tyrese and, and, and Marcus, um, I think Tyrese had a couple threes, but um, you know, all in all, that's a that's a hell of a basketball team. They're number two for a reason. They're old. Uh, you know, Chris is. I've known Chris for for a hundred years and had a ton of respect for him. And and uh, tonight we just happened to to, to find a way. But uh, they're going to have a great year and and uh, excited about the win. Questions, John. Brad, when you have a whole lot of new, and you said you don't always know where it's coming. What is it about this group's DNA that allowed them to dig deep tonight? Yeah, I've said this many times. We got winners. They're all state champions. Matthew, Dane, national champion. Uh, Terrence, an elite eight guy. Uh, all those high school kids have won. Um, you know, we, we try not to ever recruit anybody that has not come from a, a winning program. That helps because they, they know how to operate in the locker room and get along. Um, this is a really close group, and uh, you know tonight it was it was some guys off the bench that impacted us. So you know we'll uh, we'll take it. Brad, you didn't have a turnover for about the last nine and a half minutes of regulation, and then in overtime you get 16 before that. Was it just a matter of handling the pressure better, or change something? What what the time was about? Boy, I wish I had the answer. Um, I really do. It's it's. You know, I think four or five of them were charges in the first half, which, you know, it's, it's crazy because we, we set work for two days on, you know, early passes, jump stops, knowing that they're going to take a ton of charges. And then Dane had a couple, two or three right there early. So there's seven or eight of them, although 11. And I thought we did a pretty solid job after that. Uh, we're going to be a little bit of a different team in terms of, you know, we're not going to run offense like precision screening and doing all that. We're five out. We're going to drive you. and. We're going to dribble the ball more, and they're a gap, very handsy team, and they got their hands on some ball really good. I thought they made some adjustments. It was nice. You know, Brad, you've said repeatedly that it may take some time to find out what lineup works to close those games and so on and so forth. Do you think because the group is so balanced, so unique, that it could be something that just evolves into the game throughout the course of the season in terms of who's on the floor at the end? Maybe. Yeah, I you know I, early we've we've relied on Terrence a lot. You know he's been a guy that we've we've um, you know I think we want to rely on that. We you know Coleman's been in that spotlight a bunch. Uh, you know it was part of our problem in the Virginia game. You know who do we who do we go to and and TJ was off and so I think it's going to be um, uh, a little bit of that. that Crap sheet, so to speak, uh, as we as we move forward, and guys keep establishing the roles. But uh, um, again, Jaden, you know, TJ finally got going with Matt tonight. So we'll we'll uh, we'll take it any way we can get it. Right here. Fred, I see you are in from 
losses after you fight back earlier this season. Uh, Jaden in particular, after the Maryland game, missed a couple shots. But what have you seen from him that he has so much faith to close with? Well, first of all, we told him I love the shot he missed at Maryland, and, and it was, you know, he wasn't even a factor in that game because he picked up two fouls in 20 seconds. Um, you know, and, and uh, Matt wasn't even a factor in that game. Uh, but, uh, you know, we went, we went to him in the Virginia game, you'll remember, and, and, you know, we got right to the front of the rim and just missed one. Um, he's a scorer, and he's a tough nut, and he's a tough kid, and he's not, he's no fear. And it didn't matter that he's got a fifth-year senior and, you know, Marcus Cargart, you know, he's a freshman, just wouldn't make a lot. Matthew Meyer was on fire. That's F-A-Y-E-R. Um, but uh, Matthew Meyer was, if you think about this, he, he was hitting step backs, doing everything. It was, it was all of a sudden, like his, his numbers just have jumped off the page now and he's having a really great year because of one game. But when you play a team like Texas, who takes you out of every, all the sets you want to run, you got to be able to make plays. You got to have a guy who can get a shot and make a play. And what Illinois did was they would switch and get mismatches. And you saw in overtime, they did it with Terrence Shannon instead of Matthew Meyer, but they switch and get a mismatch and they get a guy and then he just attacks and goes and hits the three over the, over the shooter, over the guy who can't contest it, gets the rim, creates for others. It, it's such a, it's such, I know that people sometimes think, well, they, they need to move the ball and do all this stuff. And I said, sometimes it's just my guy's better than your guy. And so I'm going to give my guy the ball and see what he can do. Yeah. And I, I think, I think there was obviously a few times where, there's a little too much dribbling on the Illini side, but I do think that they, they kind of, as the game finished up, they got on a rhythm uh, and kind of understood what Texas was doing with their switches. And then once they almost had it mapped out, Illinois started taking advantage of it. And I know as a defensive coach, sometimes you like to switch things up a little bit just to keep the other team guessing a little. And uh, I thought Illinois won that battle. Well, and they had some shots fall. Terrence Shannon hadn't hit a jump shot uh, outside of 10 feet since he was uh, cut over his eye in the second half of the Maryland game last Friday night. And yet um, he steps right up and, and, and it was almost like he drank some kind of elixir <laughs> right before <laughs> overtime. Because all of a sudden, I mean, he's, he's, he's draining the 15 foot jumper. He's going outside hitting a three. Uh, he's driving again, which he had not driven. It was almost like he was, Brad, you mentioned in the game room chat on AlanaGuys.com. He was really hesitant to drive, almost kind of afraid of, of getting a charge. Yeah, they drew like Texas is really good at drawing charges. So you have to play a little bit short of the defender, pass early, play off two feet, stay on the floor. And Illinois practiced it. They went over it. And they, then they got in the game. And they went back to, whoa. And then they get up there and he shot some fadeaway crazy shots because he didn't want to charge. And But you can see him. He gets get comfortable. I, I like it because he got the one mid-range shot on a curl. It's just catch and shoot on the move, 15 foot, drains it. Now he got confidence. I talked to him a little bit about that after the game, and that that's what it takes. And once you see one go in, now you feel good. Yeah, and, and I do have to admit the help charge is a play that I'd like to see outlawed. I would much rather see the um, cool block shot from the guy helping that the Illini did several times then watching somebody come in and then trying to judge where his feet set was he outside the circle and you almost take away the impetus for a player to beat um, their defender. 
Yeah, I think the big takeaway again from what we've seen so far is that this is a team that does not give up uh, in, in against Virginia. Uh, Syracuse played them even for a half um, against Maryland and here against Texas again, down 10 and, and you know going nowhere fast. It's a team that finds a way, and it's a different guy every night. Meyer this night, Shannon in overtime, Sincere Harris playing well. Epps, not so much Friday, comes up big in this game. Um, and that's what's exciting is that as you get in, add the pieces you're talking about, this becomes a very difficult team to contend with uh, in February and in March. This segment presented by Busey Bank, helping you grow wealth since 1868. From Underwood to a trip deeper into the coach's corner, Illini assistant coach Jeff Alexander joins us next right here on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Are you tired of your friends and family members being the center of attention? Always the life of the party? Always the one who knows something no one else does? Then change the game with IlliniGuys.com. Insider info on your favorite teams. Analysis on the latest games. Weekly chats with coaches. You take control of the room with IlliniGuys.com. Regular updates from the experts put you courtside and in the locker room. But wait, there's more. Act now and get this free Illini Guys sweatshirt. Comfortable. Stylish. Tell the world, I'm an Illini guy and you're not. Don't delay. This is a limited time offer. Go to IlliniGuys.com. Click the Black Friday button and you are on your way to cool guy status. Feature articles, game analysis, members-only message boards with insider info, plus the cool sweatshirt, all yours. May they never ignore you again. Thanks to IlliniGuys.com. Sign up today. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley right here on the Sports Spectacular. Time to venture into the coach's corner and probe into the mind of Jeff Alexander, Illini men's assistant coach. And, um, uh, Coach, what a past week it's been. We knew you'd have three really solid tests here. You get two of them, learn a lot in the third one. Um, Penn State here next, coming up on Saturday, but um talk about Tuesday night's game um boy what a finish uh once you guys really came together um that was really exciting to watch whether you're an Illinois fan or not yeah it was uh it was a high high level basketball game and um lots of really good players um that that both teams played really really hard um but uh great great night it was it was good to see our guys just kind of persevere through like you said some some tough minutes um you know, it was tough on, on both sides of the ball. We weren't getting stops. Uh, we had trouble scoring and we just persevered. Our guys get stayed connected and, uh, it was just a joy. It was a great, great night for us. What do you think is the, the key to this team moving forward? What do they need to improve on? I mean, obviously you've done some great, you beat number two. So we don't want to be critical, but at the same time, you can see this team still has a lot of room to grow as well. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, we, we, we feel, we feel the same way. And, 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 you know, I can answer that in a lot of ways, you know, both sides, we've got to get better with our switching. Um, that's got to be a constant. We've got to be, you know, just connected. It's, it, it starts with communication. Um, you know, as freshmen, as with a young team that we really do have, um, that's something that comes, uh, that sometimes, you know, 
laterally, you know, down the stretch there. And, 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 you know, we'll, we'll continue getting better on that end. Our press has got to get better. We've got to get matched up up front quicker, um, you know, to, to prevent, you know, people just advancing it down the floor and, and a la Maryland, you know, early. Um, that was a, that was a stretch that, um, you know, really, really showed that, um, offensively, we just got to be, you know, our five out is going to continue getting better, just more familiar with each other. Um, you know, just, you know, understanding each other playing more. Um, we feel like we just got a high, high ceiling and, um, we're going to, you know, obviously continue to work and, um, it's going to be a daily thing. And, uh, you know, we're going to stack days together with practices and, and, and we'll get there. We really like our team. Yeah, you can see the, the guys getting better. As a coach, how do you decide um, when it's time to put your arm around a player's shoulders and encourage them or when it's time to, you know, get the get the chewing machine starting and, you know, get, you know, give them a little bit of tough love? How do you determine that when you're uh, trying to build these guys into better basketball players and better men? No, I just, you know, it's it's all I think it's all intent. You know, if there's if there's a good intention, um, you know, it's, it's there. There's a reason. And, you know, uh, go back last night, Coleman Hawkins calling a timeout. You know, he, there was a good intention there. I really do believe that. Is that yeah. a time to, you know, no, he was trying to do the right thing. And guess what? Next play out of the timeout, we bang a three, you know, yeah. and it's just, you know, our young guys, we know that there, there's growth. You know, we're going to go through them with them. Um, we understand that, but, uh, it's more the times where you've just got to jumpstart them to get going with their energy and so forth. And, um, you know, we've got the best, uh, that, you know, that best there is in that with coach and, uh, he knows when and, and, and how to push the buttons and, um, you know, each guy's different. You're right. Each guy's different and, you know, each guy takes it differently and we understand that, but I go back to intention and, you know, if there's, if, if there's that, you know, that we're good with that. Talking here with uh, Jeff Alexander, Illini men's assistant basketball coach. Uh, you know, coach, I was there last week at Maryland watching the game Tuesday. There's something very special about this team. And, and that says a lot for a program that's coming off back-to-back Big Ten championships and replacing all five starters to say there's something special that, dare I say, potentially even better. Um, you go to Maryland, calls not going your way. Um, Flow wasn't what you wanted. The crowd is obnoxious, sophomoric at times. They're loud and boisterous, and yet you're right there with a chance to win at the end. Same thing with Texas. You go through a 10-minute stretch where you had three times as many turnovers than you had field goals made, and yet you come back and you win the game in overtime in decisive fashion. What is it about this team? Um, I mean, do you guys sense the same thing within the program? There's something possibly here? Yeah, and it starts with just tough-minded kids. You know, you go – Go start with the freshman, you know, Jaden Epps. Look at what he did last night. I mean, you're talking about a freshman now. Yeah. Late game in the garden, number two on, you know, national television. Um, Sincere Harris, we've seen it, you know, multiple times with him changing games. I feel like he was a big catalyst last night in that game. And in a critical part when we needed, we need to some momentum to flip. He gave us that, um, you know, uh, Ty Rogers, Sky, Sky, you know, those guys are just coming in. It starts, you know, from from the top. But, you know, you look at the bottom and see what those guys are doing as freshmen. It, it's, you know, we feel really, really good, really good. And it's going to continue to grow. There's going to be, you know, so, some more tough times. We know that. 
and and growth spurts and and we'll, we'll you know get better from them but uh we love our guys it starts with just their grit their toughness the type of you know what they're made of um and it's a joy we we every day we get to come in and work um it, it, it's fun we have you know a good time while we're working and uh, i just think that's a big piece our culture it, I have to ask though, did you get hit by any flying chicken or pretzels when you're at Maryland? I mean, did you get drilled? It, it did come across my head, right above <laughs> my head. I saw it in the corner of my eye come come crashing down to the wood. Do do you ask for fresh? Like you say, hey, if you're gonna throw throw something fresh, man. I'm well, hungry. I I went down to pick it up, and I was you know gonna gonna actually pick it up off the floor, and everybody screamed. They wanted me to leave it there, but uh, first first time ever that that's happened. Uh, it is what it is. It's it's the road in conference Big Ten play. Uh, we know that the environments are crazy, uh, but that was definitely a first. <laughs> so, that's all. I mean, the things you go into the season like, I wonder if I can get hit by chicken. This right. <laughs> right. And then right. and then the next game, um, what happened when Coach Underwood went down? Because all I was thinking when he went down was. Howard Cosell going down goes Frazier, <laughs> yeah. down goes Frazier. <laughs> well, uh, that was just, a, a, I guess, a moment. Uh, <laughs> at a moment, and uh, it wasn't. He was. Uh, I, I, he didn't really fall, to be honest. It was just kind of how he went down, and he was animated, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So we saw something a little different. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it made for good theater. Um, you've got a stretch now. I take nothing away from, from Penn State, and we know what they bring. And uh, Mike is doing a great job over there with the Nittany Lions and getting that program built. But you've got a stretch after that where um, you've got some games you can hopefully work on some things uh, looking into the, the new year. Um, what's, the, what's, the, what, what's your biggest surprise, I guess, early on? I mean, the freshmen you know are there, obviously. But um, Coleman's play, I think Terrence – um, Dane's boy got, he's got some nice moves. What's kind of the big surprise uh, so far in the season? Uh, you know, like you said, I would say just the advancement of, 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 of where our freshman is, you know, I know you said otherwise, you know, you kind of expect Terrence Shannon to be Terrence Shannon, um, Matt Meyer to be Matt Meyer, um, you know, RJ Coleman, you know, obviously we haven't seen Luke yet. You know what you're getting out of those guys. Uh, they've done it at this level. They've done it at a high level. Um, so it's more just, you know, having freshmen in those type of games this time of the year and to see what they're doing. Um, Jaden, Jaden Epps wasn't phased last night. He wasn't phased at all. Straight faced, no emotion, you know, whether it was good or bad. And, uh, well, coach, you know, even, they, even, even Texas tried to call a timeout to ice him and yeah. he steps up and drains it. Like he's a veteran. I'm like, dude, onions. Like, Right. And, and, and understand this one. This is this is sincere Harris, what he did to those veteran guards, a guard that's been at this level for six years. He did not want to bring up the ball last night against him. He was getting it off and having somebody else bring it. And again, the way he has been able to affect a game, um, Ty Rogers, he, you know, with his energy, with his, you know, his play, he's going to only continue to get better. Um, Sky Clark, as you know, as good as he's been, that's I think has as, as been as much a surprise uh, in a way for uh, for me. 
Coach, we get one more question, if I could, please, before I let you go. We know you got to run. What is a win like this, the win over UCLA, dominating Syracuse the way you did, all those on national TV, what does that say about this program? Oh, I just it, it speaks for where we're at and where we've come from. And, um, you know, we, we, we've got two really, really good wins, uh, top 10 wins, you know, on our resume at this point of the year moving forward. Obviously, uh, we know uh, in March those those will be heavily looked upon. And, uh, you know, we're just going to try to keep stacking more, of the, more and more of those together. Um, not looking ahead, you know, we've got a good, good Penn State come, uh, team coming in this weekend uh, that, that's very, very old and experienced and uh, presents a lot of problems. And uh, we're going to have to be really, really sharp starting tomorrow morning and practice and pre preparation and, uh, you know, be ready to uh, be ready to go at 11 a.m. on uh, Saturday morning. And a sold-out State Farm Center with that. Coach, appreciate your time again. Um, good luck against the Lions, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Good having you. All right. Thanks so much. Jeff Thanks, Alexander of the Illini men's basketball team. A little slower pace in the days ahead. As he mentioned, Penn State Here's coming up Saturday morning. And then a week off before Alabama A&M comes in next Saturday, we'll hear from uh, Coach Bielema coming up as Illini football readies to kick off 2023 with Mississippi State. And that's coming up next on the Sports Spectacular. This segment presented by OSF Healthcare, Illinois football at eight and four, best season since 2007. And they'll look to add to that coming up on January 2nd in Tampa when they face Mississippi State in the ReliQuest Bowl. Brett Bielema giving his reaction to the invitation earlier this week. I've always looked at bowl games as not only a, uh, a kind of a finale, uh, a final moment uh, with your team, your roster, your players, your coaches. Uh, for this past season, it's more of a leap star too to the future, right? Um, can't tell you how many times I've been involved in a bowl game and you'll have a player emerge during bowl practice that really wasn't on your radar or a player emerge in a bowl game that hadn't had a chance to do that. Uh, so it's going to be also a nice kickstart into the 2000, 2023. I think a year ago to be a game short and this year to uh, be where we are is a good step in the right direction. I get frustrated thinking about what, you know, what could have been. I think in the out of season uh, this last week, I've been uh, traveling a lot, uh, had some things personally to take care of my wife and I. So I was a lot of times away from my staff this last couple of days, and and it, and it made me reflect a lot about what we've done and what we've been able to accomplish. I'm very proud of that, but also realize uh, what's out there. We're four games away from being in the conversation of the biggest conversations you can have, right? Um, and the way the uh, Big Ten played out this year to get two teams in the, in the playoffs is exactly what uh, you know you dream of. So. Um, uh, to be part of the ReliQuest and, and uh, Jim McVeigh and, and, and the city of Tampa. My wife's from Tampa. A lot of you know that. She's a USF Bull. I uh, come home every once in a while. she got one of those ragtag sweatshirts still on. Uh, so uh, to be uh, going to Tampa and around a lot of her family and friends would be very, very uh, uh, big this time of year for, for us personally. But for our team, uh, you'll get to hear from uh, Tariq and, and Palcho. I think this will be a, a great opportunity to play Mississippi State, uh, uh, a very talented team, a team with a very talented quarterback. Uh, uh, their defense uh, probably doesn't get enough recognition. So I've taken a peek at them in the last couple of days. Just uh, excited as heck for the uh, opportunity to play an SEC opponent. I don't believe Illinois has ever beat uh, an SEC opponent in bowl games. They're 0-3. So that uh, whole mantra we've been using all year to kind of do something that's never been done before is an opportunity that lies out there. Uh, you guys should buckle up. Um, uh, press conferences with Mike Leach will be at a whole new level. I'm sure we'll feed off each other uh, quite a bit. I'm pretty sure we'll probably talk at some point tonight. Uh, he's a, a very good friend that I met a long time ago, um, back when he just took the job at uh, Texas Tech. Um, 
he and I met through some common friends. He was with, uh, obviously, Bobby Stoops and um, got to know him through that fashion. Um, have been with him uh, on several different occasions uh, throughout our, our careers, uh, both professionally and also uh, some personal time with him on some Nike Nike trips and whatnot. So very, very excited to compete against Mike and his staff. Um, I really haven't been had a chance to visit with you guys. Uh, a lot of uh, special recognition awards, obviously, since the last time we got together to have 19 guys earn uh, all-conference status, uh, first string, second string, third string, and honorable mention uh, to have the most in program history over a two-year window to have the most ever in two back-to-back two -back years. Uh, I, I don't even realize some of these awards. Uh, you know, I was talking about uh, Chase and Sid. Um, I said, has anybody ever won the Thorpe or the Doke? And they go, Coach, no one's ever been a finalist. Uh, so to have two guys uh, be finalists for national awards that uh, who knows when that vote's going to play out, but uh, I've done everything I can. Um, I've uh, emailed, uh, called, uh, text um, uh, both those awards uh, to just speak volumes about both those players independently. Just such a unique story, you know, for, uh, you know, Spoon to be a, a guy that didn't even have a ranking coming out of high school. Uh, I remember walking into uh, junior college this year and, and Spoon was actually there for like three or four days before his uh, final clearance got him eligible to play. Uh, his journey uh, when we got here, I believe he had started seven games to now. If there's a better DB in college football, I'd love to know who it is because he is phenomenal. Um, and then Chase, uh, obviously, uh, some very talented backs in, a, in, in, in the uh, in the Big Ten. You know, to, for a guy to rush for over 1,600 yards and, and be second team All Big Ten doesn't seem possible, but it is what it is. I think it's another great indicator of how special he is to be one of three finalists for the uh, Doak. Um, and it speaks volumes for them. Obviously, the Joe Moore Award for offensive line. Just so many great things to be positive and excited about. Um, uh, to move to Tampa now uh, for about a week. I think tentatively right now we'll leave on the 26th um, uh, and play the game on the second and return home. But uh, hopefully to, uh, over the next couple of weeks I'll see. I'll have a lot of Illinois fans. Maybe when I'm in the community here, my wife just say, see you in Tampa, right? That's going to be the catchphrase, see you in Tampa, right? Like, don't have to come up and tell me what you're doing or how you're doing, Coach C in Tampa. That'll tell me what you're doing. Um, love to get a lot of fans there. Um, a great bowl, uh, a great place uh, uh, in, the, in this time of year compared to maybe a little bit. Of, I've always loved Champagne, but uh, Tampa in, in January will be really nice, I promise. You know, it's got to be exciting for him. I mean, I know he's been there. He's been to the Rose Bowl. He's done all these things. But this is – he's he's got a whole new – I guess the way I'd look at this, he's building his own team here. You know, a lot of people talked about how he didn't, um, you know, Wisconsin, you know, Barry Alvarez uh, was the guy who started. And he was. Now Brett could be the guy at Illinois. So I think it's got to be exciting for him to kind of have that opportunity now. Uh, so you can kind of tell in his voice he's pretty happy with the way this season went for the most part. Yeah, and he's jumped ahead of the schedule. I guess his schedule maybe not, but the rest of us uh, – in humanity didn't think Illinois would be able to be there this quick to bowl eligibility. And um, it's also is an intriguing bowl because styles make fights and you're getting the antithesis in Mike Leach. So not only is it a, a great bowl game, but it's a, a fantastic matchup as well. See, Mike got his thesaurus for Christmas early. Um, yeah, that's right. January 2nd is going to be the game 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, central time uh, in that game. And, and you're right. I, I don't think any of us look, I mean, look, raise your hand. If anyone here really truly predicted eight wins, none of us did. I mean, I, I thought seven would be uh, fantastic for this, not just eight wins. Um, but as he began with that, Hey, look, you know, we're, you know, four plays away from being undefeated and being in the biggest conversation of all. 
and and he's right. Um, you know, they, they were never blown out of a game. There were little mistakes. And I think, again, they can go back and, and um, look at what might have been with this season, and yet they still uh, play in uh, one of the better bowls. Yeah, I, I thought if you – the Michigan State game, I thought they got outplayed, but they still – it came down to the wire. They had the ball at the end, right, and had a chance to, to tie it. The the Purdue game, they they you know it was one could have been one call, one play, maybe Indiana. Obviously, we know about the one call. Michigan, we know about the one call. This is a legit team, like, and I, I I'm not saying that Illinois was the best, like is is one of those like top four teams or anything like that. They're not that good, but. This is a team that would have been gone into this is a team legit had a chance had the, had things gone right with some luck because they only had one close game they actually won the Iowa game where they kind of stole that one with uh with uh DeVito being hurt. But that was the only close game they had that they won. They lost all the others. So imagine if they were able to make a play here or there, it's a kick, it's a whatever it is, and, and you win those games and, and you're like into the big 10 championship game and you're playing the at that point it would have if michigan has a loss they're playing michigan and rematch man would have been a great story wouldn't it yeah this team is is where coach wants them to to be i think you know they they obviously love to have won more but they've got to organically learn that and now they get to go up and have a a really good test against a, a mississippi state team that'll be um it'll definitely be a fun one out there. Illini guys, football writer and analyst, Matt Stevens stops in with his two cents. That's coming up next. This is the sports spectacular. Slow down. They say you're getting older, relax. Seriously. You're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see at OSF healthcare. We want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Hey, this is Tim Sinclair, public address voice of the Chicago Bulls and Fighting Illini Basketball, and you're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Talking Illinois football now, and with more on this prep period to get ready for their bowl game, 
is Illini Guys football writer and analyst Matt Stevens. You know, Matt, it was funny that you know Brett was honest in his uh, presser after the announcement was made, and this is something that was no secret. The big deal of this is that you do get to celebrate, as we just heard, uh, but you get an extra 15 practices, an extra period, practice period to help for the future. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the guys that you maybe didn't see on the field a whole lot in 2022 are really going to benefit from these practices, um, and they're already actually benefiting because – they were able to hold two Devo practices during the week of, of the Big Ten Championship before the Big Ten Championship game. And um, you're going to see a lot of guys that probably took a lot of snaps. You know, the offensive linemen, Chase Browns, the Tommy DeVitos of the world. Uh, I, I, from, from, my ex, from my experience going through bull prep with a lot of other different programs, those guys end up teaching, you know, the players that didn't get to play a whole lot on the developmental teams, the freshmen, the redshirt freshmen, even sometimes sophomores who didn't get a whole lot of snaps this year and they don't even really get, you know, grind, you know, they don't even get energized up to go until probably they leave for Tampa um, and, and, and start practicing again. So the Alex Palcheskis of the world are going to be teaching the Joey Oklas and Hunter Whitenecks and uh, you know, Mountus Molers on the offensive line who are all freshmen that are, that are getting ready to, to be a, uh, a big part of what Brett Bielen was building here in future years. Matt, is there a, do we have a sense of, of who's going to play? It seems like that's one of the biggest stories. You know, you look at the Mississippi state side of things where they've got guys opting out. They've already announced and one guy's transferring cause he's not tough enough, <laughs> which I just love that. It's funny. But anyway, so what is that? What's your thought? On who's yeah, that's certainly play. one way. That's certainly one way to enter the portal. Um, <laughs> uh, Both no, feet. I, yeah, no kidding, right? Um, I, I think. Uh, I, look, I, I was asked this on a local radio earlier this week, and I think that you know the one guy that I'm I'm really expecting to hear is not going to play is Devin Witherspoon. The rest of them, I think, are really trying. Like your your Chase Browns, your Sydney Browns, those those types of guys. I think they're they're waiting until probably the bowl practices re restart again later on this month before they make a decision. But um, I, I think Devin Witherspoon is really the only guy that I see obviously in a situation where it really doesn't benefit him to play. I think you, maybe you can make that argument for Johnny Newton, but the rest of the guys that I think are possibly draftable can elevate themselves by playing. And I don't think, you know, they, they risk a whole lot in terms of the injury factor, but I do think Devin Witherspoon's in a place where if he plays, I'll probably be more surprised than if he doesn't. So that that's, that's the only guy on this roster right now that I think that's draft eligible that I think would, I'm pessimistic about seeing him on January 2nd, but I could be wrong too. Good points. And by the way, we should give a big shout out to uh, some guys getting some uh, all American notices. I saw one of the CBS sports, one list that I saw uh, you mentioned Palcho uh, Witherspoon, um, Chase Brown, obviously, even Sidney Brown getting all mentioned there. Um, so many Illinois players getting some All America uh, notice, and that's uh, just great for them, great for the program. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Hey, Matt Stevens, uh, we've, we're coming up against a hard break here at the top of the hour, but thanks so much for your time. Not a problem, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com, along the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry, Mike, and Brad right back here with you as we are talking uh, Big Ten and the Bulls and, of course, the two big ones. Uh, let's start first with Michigan. Uh, what a month for them. Um, what a payday. <laughs> it was, it's been a beautiful two weeks for Jim Harbaugh. He gets five hundred grand for beating Ohio State 
uh, and getting to the Big Ten championship game. Then he gets $1.5 million for beating Purdue in the Big Ten championship game and winning the conference title. So two weeks, $2 million earned in bonuses for Michigan's coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh. And guys, I haven't seen this contract, but I'm guessing is if he can beat uh, number three TCU in the Fiesta Bowl here in, uh, what, uh, about three weeks, um, he'll get even more money. Like I said, it's a good gig if you can get it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not Ronaldo live golf money, but I mean, you know, it's good. I mean, I, I guess, you know, or, or Atlanta guys are Saudi show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that he's, uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive what he's done. I mean, he came, you know, they made that contract that way because they were like on, he was on the outs, right? And he had this high salary and they were like, well, we're going to cut your salary. We'll give you incentives. Well, that's all you have to do, evidently, with coaches. You just tell them, hey, we're not cutting your salary. Now you got to win to get the money. And lo and behold, here he is. He's winning. Yeah, and, and he's got an opportunity here to go to the national title. And, and you know, you either face a tough Georgia team or you get a chance to do something that no Michigan coach has ever done, which is to beat um, Ohio State twice in one season. Yeah, and speaking of the Buckeyes, they sneak in as the uh, four seed after USC lost in the Pac-12 title game, and the Buckeyes now in against number one Georgia, a, a chance at redemption. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, Ohio State could. It, it's funny they were all so depressed after the <laughs> loss to Michigan. I mean, these people were like they almost closed down Ohio. They said, "Oh, we're done. We're not doing anything." <laughs> um, Bengals, okay, they're okay. You know, but, but yeah, no, they, uh, but it was really now they're, they got a new lease on life and they're playing a George team is really good. Don't get me wrong. But I think this George team is also a team that, that Ohio state is probably the team that has an opportunity to beat them because of or is a team that has an opportunity to beat them because they're so explosive on offense. Um, and if they can get healthy, Boy, that's a game that I, if I'm Georgia and I'm thinking, I'm oh, semi, just semifinal, we'll get the four seed. I think they thought they were going to get maybe a TCU, maybe a USC that doesn't have a defense. They get Ohio State, and that's probably the second most talented team in the country. Yeah, and we'll just see, you know, Georgia's going to want to punch them in the face and see if the, the Ohio State runs home. Um, and then Ohio State ought to have some motivation and be fired up based on their last performance. So they backed in, but they got in, and now we'll see what they're made of. Yeah, meanwhile, some other uh, teams that are going bowling, nine different Big Ten teams in all Wisconsin, and uh, what a mess there. You began with Paul Chris. You then go with Jim Leonard as your interim. Now he is leaving after the bowl game because Luke Fickle came in as the coach of the future, came in from Cincinnati, and in between, you're going to take on uh, Oklahoma State in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. That's coming up uh, on the 27th. The Pinstripe Bowl, New York's, right? Go to New York. Uh, I, I was just there. So Minnesota and Syracuse. That's an interesting matchup. I, P.J. Fleck just got a nice new contract, too, oh. uh, extension, you know, making some bank there. The Gophers are a team that uh, really probably I, I thought were set up to do well, got off to a great start, and then kind of folded so Maybe they can get a good finish here against the Orange. Yeah, and the same thing for the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Uh, Maryland takes on North Carolina State. That, that, that is a fan base that probably has 
some sort of mayo-based potato salad at every tailgate. So it's a perfect uh, matchup here. And I do think Maryland has has kind of finished the season, you know, in a lower direction trajectory than what they started. And now they have the opportunity to get out there and change that uh, narrative around for this year's season. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, a rule that I don't care about. Now, the rules are that you you're not allowed to play in the same bowl in consecutive years. There is no rule about you playing the same team in a bowl in consecutive years. So la- a year after Iowa met Kentucky down in Florida, Iowa meets Kentucky in Nashville at the Music City Bowl. Uh, so two teams very familiar, two fan bases who can't be very happy about seeing the same team uh, on the other sideline. Um, big story this week is Wildcats quarterback Will Levis announcing he will not play in this game. Levis been, has been projected all year long as a potential top 10 pick in uh, next spring's uh, NFL draft. And so he is going to skip this game. Um, and so this Kentucky team playing without a starting quarterback for the past two years, without its offensive coordinator in Rich Scangarello, um, he was one and done in terms of uh, being in and running this offense here for Mark Stoops. Uh, meanwhile, 20th bowl in the forever tenure for Kirk Ferentz there with the Hawkeyes. Um, clearly uh, one of the legends, so there's no question. Yeah, maybe he just didn't want to see that Iowa defense. So right. he said, I'm going to the NFL. I'm not doing this. So <laughs> look bad. Uh, the Illini fighting Illini take on <laughs> Mike Leach and Mississippi State in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Um, the Illini had a great season, you know, great season for Brett Bielema, eight and four. Um, not what anybody expected, much better than people expected. Now they get an SEC opponent. Sounds like the SEC opponent may be missing some guys, though, if you notice that um, <laughs> the one running back coming out on Twitter and starting running back saying that the leech is ready for him to go because evidently he's not tough enough anyway, and so he's happy to see him leave. So uh, you, you you always wonder in these bowl games how many of these guys are actually going to play on the starters. So we'll see how that plays out. Meanwhile, the Citrus Bowl, um, who knows? You know, like I said, Purdue is going to be going under with uh, Jeff Brom, no longer captain of the ship, going up against LSU with Brian Kelly, who – I'll be honest with you, if you would have told me last spring with 35 players under scholarship that he was going to make it to a bowl game, I would have laughed at you, especially going through that uh, SEC schedule. So we've got quite an interesting matchup here between two teams that uh, had better years than people anticipated, I guess. I'm going to wrap up here with some history. Penn State and Utah in the Rose Bowl. It'll mark the 100th anniversary of Penn State playing in its first Rose Bowl and the 100th anniversary of the first Rose Bowl played in the Rose Bowl. Uh, It it, had just been built uh, out there. It's my favorite stadium uh, of all. Um, I go out there and I just sit and just pregame for 30 minutes, just look around. It's just, um, it's amazing. But back then, Penn State uh, lost to USC in the game 14-3. Penn State traveling across country and had to stop in Chicago and then the Grand Canyon got late to the game because players caught in traffic while taking taxis to the stadium. They got caught in parade traffic game delayed an hour. Sports writers had to uh, reportedly finish their game stories by match light. Imagine that. So don't complain next time your Wi-Fi doesn't work in the press box. It could always be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it that way. So. Hey. If all three of those Big Ten teams win, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State, those top three Big Ten teams win in that kind, does that make the Big Ten look really, really good then? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, think about that. You know, only losses would be to themselves. You know, it's just like they cannibalized each other. 
So that'd be pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked Penn state. It's almost unfair that they're in the same division with Michigan and Ohio state. Cause you can be great and still be third. Yeah. Yeah. Although, although Penn state doesn't have a lot of, you know, big time wins um, on that. I know that, that, um, you know, they beat Auburn, but it's a bad Auburn team. Yeah. Look um, I, I think ultimately though, as we look at this uh, CFP, um, you know, I, I think most people want to go with Georgia, but I'm, I'm not feeling real confident in Georgia's ability to beat both Ohio state and then Michigan back to back. It'll be interesting to see how it all comes out here. Uh, December 31st, both of those CFP games uh, happen. One in Fiesta, the Fiesta out in Arizona, the other the Peach uh, down in Georgia. Stay with us. Much more to come here after a quick timeout. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Illinois Hoops trying to go into the holidays with a one-and-one opening record in the Big Ten. Already four ranked opponents played, and we are still a couple of weeks ahead of Christmas. First time that's happened since 2000 when first-year coach Bill Self ran the gauntlet with five ranked teams in the opening weeks and he did well then as well, winning three of those five. Hey, let's break down what we've learned thus far a month into the season. We start with uh, Kedrick Prince joins us now, director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. Uh, Kev, we'll let you take that 10-gallon hat off for right now and just settle in with the rest of the fellas. Let me start with this, uh, with all three of you. Uh, what or who has been the biggest surprise so far this season? Well, for me, um, I got to say, I, I think it's been Jay Nepps. I think Jay Neff's coming through the season. I thought he'd be more of a role player. I didn't think he he would get as many minutes as he's getting right now. Um, I thought Sky Clark would be a 35-minute guy, and I've stated that on a number of occasions on radio shows, podcasts, and on Twitter. So he's probably been the biggest surprise. But, you know, Brian and I saw him play, you know, during his high school career, and we shouldn't be because he, the things he's doing right now at Illinois, he did in high school – except for he's just not doing them as, as, I guess, high volume. But I'm really, really impressed with him. And, you know, you go back to the Maryland game where he made a couple mistakes, and then the very next game he was clutching. He was in at the end of the Texas game when it mattered. Yeah, for me, I think my biggest surprise probably is Sincere Harris. Um, He's been much better than I expected. I, I knew he had the athleticism. I knew he had the ability but at the same time, I think that he has just provided such a huge spark off the bench. Um, and I just didn't think he was ready to play at this level. I really didn't. And I'm not trying to be critical. I, I love the kid's talent, but he's been better than I expected um, and, and more efficient offensively than I thought he would be. Yeah. And, and I got to be honest with you, I was probably higher on sincere than some people were, but I had no idea. The I knew he was going to be, you know, he had good athletic skills, but the ability to really disrupt a team defensively all by himself, I, I didn't. I mean, that's like Luther Head at the end of his career. I mean, that may be better. It's really impressive. I agree with all that. I would say the the way this team plays defense, um, the switching is really impressive because you know you you lose 
um, you know, a six, six guard and you gain a six, eight forward who's just as agile and athletic, uh, you know, if you're on the wing. So, um, I think that's impressive early on. I think they'll only get better, obviously, as they, uh, you know, kind of learn the system and get better with that. What's the biggest letdown so far this season? I, I would just say the biggest letdown for me is that they're so close to being like nine and oh, I mean, they're, they're really close to being undefeated and probably ranked number one in the country uh, because, they, they've had an opportunity to win every game they've been in. And so it's kind of, there's been a couple of games where they didn't make good decisions down the stretch and it cost them. And, and I would say from my standpoint, I think the biggest disappointment is when I heard Luke Goody went down at the Kansas um, secret uh, game and, and to my liking, I would have enjoyed seeing what he added to this team and maybe to Brad's point with uh, a healthy Luke Goody they would be undefeated right now. I, for me, I go back to the Virginia game. I mean, it, you know, I know we're looking at the overall picture, but, you know, you had a lead with another three minutes to go and, you know, you had a silly foul. And I mean, just to me, the Virginia loss stings because there was another team that, you know, who you had a chance to be an ACC opponent. I think they were top 12 or 15 at the time. That would have been another huge statement win, even though they looked good overall out there. I just think that was a, a game that they'll look back on and think, man, how did we let this slip away? Even though they played well, I mean, they just that was one that I wish they could have got back. Good points. I would take my biggest letdown, free throws. I think this team has missed way too many free throws. They're able to bail themselves out and, and, and win most of the time, but I think that's an area that you need more focus because that could become a real problem uh, later in the season and an Achilles heel for a team that, uh, has great potential. Uh, what's the biggest moment so far this season for the Illini? I think it was the Jaden Epps free throws for me a- a- against Texas so far. That's the moment when I thought that was, that was, those are huge because, and, and they got a break. I mean, let's be honest. They got a break because the Texas guy decided to run over two people, but, but I mean, you know, you still, you, you took advantage of that. Um, as well. The other moment in that game that I thought was awesome was when they get the three disallowed because Hawkins calls the timeout, which I'm not, that wasn't a bad play. I thought it was a smart play. He's trying to make a really smart play. And then they come out of the timeout and they get a three from Epps in the corner. So those are like, those would be the ones for me. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you. I was going to say Epps and even at the moment that it happened, um, you know, I tweeted out how many kids, you know, when you're, 15 year old, you're, you're shooting in your driveway and you're picturing yourself at Madison square garden or, you know, one of those legendary arenas and you're going to knock down the free throws with no time left in the game. And he essentially did it on national TV in Madison square garden when they tried to freeze him as a freshman. That's pretty darn impressive. I like both. I like that, but I, I kind of differ a little bit. I think the performance that Terrence Shannon Jr. gave out in Las Vegas against UCLA was unbelievable. He single-handedly beat them by himself. I mean, I don't know the last time, I guess we could say Trent Frazier and, you know, some part of his career, but that was really, really impressive because that was the game that, you know, that was all the hype that Illinois had coming into the season. Doing that against UCLA, a team that had a lot of success, a nationally ranked team, and the way he did that was just, I was in awe because, you know, it was huge. And then I think he set the tone for the rest of the season because that game 
is the game when people start talking about Illinois nationally. That game also, for me, it made people forget about Kofi Coburn. That's a good point. And when you think about it, you know, he's, he ties the school record with eight three-pointers. Well, the last time we saw that was last year with Alfonso Plummer. Um, so you say, okay, well, he, he made eight too. The difference is that Terrence isn't just a jump shooter. I mean, he, he made eight, but also did other things with his size and athleticism that Plummer couldn't do because he's not as big and not as athletic. So I would agree with that. But I think also I have to go with, with the Epps because as a freshman, and I think considering what happened a week earlier, the free throws against Texas, but to step up and shoot that three, like Brad mentioned, coming up out of that timeout, the great skip pass uh, by Hawkins, that boy was almost uh, tipped away, but he got it just high enough to get it to Epps. After he misses the three with the game on the line Friday night at Maryland and still, again, had the confidence step up and hit that um, and shoot that and then come back with the free throws. Like you said, and even Chris Beard calls a timeout in between to ice him, and it didn't matter. I mean, he's a freshman playing like he's a senior out there. And um, we've seen this team grow up in so many ways already this season, and that's just one of them. And since here's another one, and I think the other two freshmen could do great things before the season's out as well. Uh, Okay, so what's the number one thing Illinois needs to work on here in these next three weeks getting ready for full-time Big Ten season? Well, I I think it's communication. Uh, on both ends of the floor, offense and defense. I think the communication will limit the turnovers offensively, understanding where guys are moving, where they're cutting, um, uh, being able to read each other, um, and, and it'll limit those uh, turnovers. And then defensively, same thing. I think they're really good defensively, but as they communicate better, they've got a chance to be even even stronger defensively than they are. Yeah, and I look at it just repetition. You know, it's hard to really minimize how – little these guys have played together um and and they're learning one another still and those reps will let them not make the mistakes of you know who's got who on defense or where is someone going to go on offense I think the repetitions and the, the practice time I think that will pay massive dividends for this team I struggle with the turnovers but the turnovers I struggle with is a part of the game are the unforced turnovers they're just silly turnovers. A lot of people, you know, you look back at the Texas game, and I think I'm the only guy who honestly believe every one of those charges were charged. I think they were charges. I think Texas next to Baylor is probably the two best defensive teams I've seen play against Illinois in the last five years. I mean, I, they took Illinois out of everything they wanted to do. And if you listen to Matthew Meyer, he said that last night in his post-game interview, or excuse me, the other day in his post-game interview, he made the comment that it was tough. So to me, valuing the valuing the basketball, making each possession count, because it's gonna it's, it's gonna sting you a couple of times because shots aren't always gonna fall. And Larry, you mentioned earlier the fact that they can come back. Well, you know what? That may not happen all the time. So you're gonna have to do the little things. And I don't even think it's the freshman mistakes, because I think they're all making them. I mean, I think, you know, Coleman's making them. Um, you got Matthew Meyer making them and you got Terrence Shannon making them. They just need to slow down. And I know they talked about it because I knew we mentioned it, but it's a part of the game, but it's going to bite them in the behind. I also don't want to minimize what you mentioned either, Larry, about the free throws because I think that those are huge. Those are free points and great teams are, who advance in the tournament are typically good free throw shooting teams. In the clutch. Well, like in overtime the other night in the Texas game when Shannon stepped up and you knew he's going to drain him. I mean, in the clutch, he's going to do that. And Epps did that. Um, but again, there was a stretch, as I mentioned last hour, we talked to Jeff Alexander. 
there was a 10 minute stretch after Illinois took their biggest lead at a six point lead where Illinois was outscored 20 to four over a 10 minute period. They made only two field goals during that time, committed six turnovers and went 0 for six from the line. I mean, it was, it was a, just a complete, they could just completely melt it away. Um, but again, the fact they came back is huge. But if you can eliminate that and, and the long stretches, and look, as Illinois fans, we've seen those long stretches, right? I mean, it's, it's an Achilles heel, this program that predates Brad Underwood. I mean, it's just, we've seen that happen before. If you can negate those, it just puts you in a different category. And I, I would agree with that. Um, well, let's look ahead now. The, the next three months, forecast for me, where is this team come early March uh, pre-tournament time? I think... My prediction is 24 and seven, 15 and five in the big 10. Um, I think they're a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, and I think that's where it stacks up. I think it could be a two, three. Um, they're really close, you know, with the non-conference win against if Texas does well um, and Virginia does well and UCLA does well, like we expect all those teams to, I think those non-conference games turn out pretty important in their seating and maybe they slide up to the two line and who knows win a couple more extra and they get a one i mean i think they're going to have that kind of opportunity yeah i think they've got an opportunity to get a one seat i think so much of it depends on one how fortunate they are to avoid additional injuries um and to keep progressing um you know because you don't you don't want them to take a step backwards and then the other one is you know when is luke goody gonna going to come back to the Luke Goody of old. And, and I think if he comes back to full strength, you get Ty Rogers developing, this team really could be a two or even a one seed. Well, I think today, I really think Illinois will finish second in the Big Ten. I think they're the second best team behind Purdue. And only, only because, you know, they have a seven-foot giant there that nobody in the country can, can guard and defend. I think Illinois clearly – you know, is one of the best teams in the country. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm getting older, but I don't know. I could have swore by Underwood mentioned he didn't even care if he got a one seed or not. They want to go to the tournament to be that, that team that's tournament ready and to be able to shock people. So, you know, to say what their record is going to be, it's tough because if you guys all know what we, we all follow the games, there's been so many upsets. And I'll tell you what you can't do. You definitely can't lose at home. And if you lose at home, you better get two more on the road somewhere. So looking at the big picture, I just, you know, if they got a three seed or four seed in the tournament, it, it wouldn't bother me. I just like their style of play. And I think no matter what happens, they're going to be a dangerous house for a lot of people. But to answer your question, you guys talked a lot about Sincere Harris, or excuse me, Jay Nups. You know, I don't want to date ourselves, but did you guys think about Kiwan Garris? When Jay was making those free throws, because remember when Keywan was playing against Missouri, I thought, man, because Keywan didn't miss free throws, and man, that's the last time I've seen a freshman be put in that situation. And with that kind of poise, I mean, he didn't he didn't look around, he didn't fidget, he just stepped up like, okay. I mean, it was no big deal. Like it's like in practice when we hit these two free throws. Okay. Oh, you want to stop and talk to me in, in between? <laughs> Okay. Oh, you, you want me to do your taxes for you in between? Okay. I, I got yes. Whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm hitting these free throws. So yeah, I agree with you. And to your point about playing on the road, you're exactly right. And we haven't got into that. Um, you know, but boy, you think about Northwestern going up and winning at Michigan state, Indiana going to Rutgers, difficult place to play. One of the hardest places to win in the country. And they find out how hard it is as the Scarlet Knights upset them last week and handed them uh, their first loss. Maryland's undefeated. They go into Wisconsin unranked, 
and, and Wisconsin, which took Kansas to overtime earlier in November, they knock off the Terrapins. Um, this is a, a league right now that's just extremely dangerous. Purdue wasn't ranked. Now they're in the top five. I mean, it's, you know, it is just, um, you know, Ohio State's ranked. Um, you know, Iowa's had some good games. I mean, it is, it's a really competitive league. And that's what makes it so tough to your point, because there are no off nights. You can say at Northwestern, you should win. Yeah, you should. And I mean, you're going to, you just, you just don't know if, if, you're, if, if things going to fall your way at that time. So exactly right. Hey guys, this was good. Ken, we appreciate it. Uh, did you enjoy doing a segment without your 10 gallon hat on? Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to put it back on in about 25 seconds here. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up with you next week and get more recruiting news uh, as well. We know you've been busy with that as well. If you're with us on IlliniGuys.com, Ken's been doing great work as always. So with all that, we appreciate you as we continue on here on the Sports Spectacular. The women's team, hey, also enjoying huge success under first-year head coach Shauna Green. How about last Sunday at Indiana? They have the Hoosiers, number five team in the country, on the ropes. Shauna Green returning and reworking this program into uh, something uh, much more uh, respectable and competitive with lightning speed. What a job she has done. We'll talk more about that and hear from the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, and uh, get a front row seat on how the Illini women are doing. Another win, already eight this year. That already tops their total from last year. That's coming up on the Illini Guys Sports Network. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022 and right now you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day plus get free professional installation from a licensed technician protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day call right now for your free home security consultation 800-613-8053-800-613-8053 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Women's basketball guys tearing it up. Already eight and two this season. What a turnaround from a year ago. Um, tough loss Sunday against Indiana at Indiana. Number five team in the country. Um, had the lead late, uh, but couldn't get a field goal. They come up just short, 65-61. But boy, they made the Hoosiers sweat. And then Wednesday night, the home opener in the Big Ten, uh, taking care of business against uh, Rutgers, 80-62. Joining us now, she is the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie. The double, double Wednesday night. Illini gal, congratulations. Thank you so much. Things clicking for you guys. What's going on with the team? Tell us about this past week and and um, and what what happened. Yeah, after that Indiana loss, we always just 
talk about bouncing back, you know, and we saw that as an opportunity to learn and to grow from it. So going into the Rutgers game, we wanted to like, remember, like I said last time, step on their throat, like bring it to them early and just close out that win. And we wanted to go one and one, you know, for conference play. What is it? I guess you look at conference play here and you got these two conference games in December. How did it, how does your approach change? when you enter that con- those conference games and then now you're going to go back and play some non-conference, but how does your approach change when you get into that conference season? Yeah. Uh, when conference play starts, I kind of see it as like, like, okay, like now it's really time to get it going. You know, it's just really exciting and it's fun. Conference play is, conference play is fun, but really it's just like kind of turning up the notch a bit. So when you're in a game like that and you're you're playing so well as you did um, against Rutgers, you you know do do you keep track in your head? Do you know you're on a pace you, that you might have a shot at a double double? Are your teammates telling you, or are you just trying to keep your uh, boot on their neck? <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> um, actually, my goal for every game is to get ten boards or more, because I just love getting rebounds, you know and I know we talk about playing in transition, getting stops, getting those rebounds. We don't want to give teams second chance. So if I can be part of that and, you know, get those rebounds and go, I want to do it. Talk about you know, your game. I know Makaira had a fantastic game, career high 33 points at Indiana. That was a game that, that your shot wasn't really falling. Um, you got good looks. It just seemed like it just didn't fall. Tell us about the mentality for you of shaking it off and coming back for the big game Wednesday against, against Rutgers. Yeah, um, I saw that game as an opportunity to learn as well. I was really frustrated with myself, but I couldn't do anything about it after the game. So going to this, uh, going into the Rutgers game, I was making sure that I just was I was unfazed by anything. You know, I was ready to go and work and just bounce back. As you look forward now, you get into the uh, getting in the finals era. You got a game uh, coming up at Butler. Uh, what what are your thoughts going in the game against Butler you got another road game um you guys have obviously played pretty well on the road so far but what are your thoughts about the Butler game yeah um road games are my favorite because ain't nothing like getting a dub on somebody else's floor you know we go in there and taking it at their home career so that's just the focus as a team just go in there do what we need to do and just stick to our principles offensively and defensively and just have fun and you're still gonna you're gonna be focused on the the uh 10 rebounds. Yes. And, and so what have you learned now? Like, you you know, you've had a really good game. Is there anything offensively now you're going to be like, okay, let's, let's duplicate that because it really worked for me. Yeah. Honestly, just staying in attack mode. I know coach green literally told me to drive it all the time. Sometimes I'll try to do pull-ups or try to shoot three. She was like, Dow, go to the basket. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And honestly, like I'm really confident with my, driving you know I honestly feel like no one can stop me like everyone on the bench on the team they be like she's a driver she's a driver I still drive it because they can't stop me so <laughs> just stay in that attack mode <laughs> I, I don't know if you keep up with the stats and things like we do those of us who observe and are you know we make a couple dollars in there to talk about teams but um, there's a stat called the net that is used for NCAA tournament and which 
listen, we normally for the women's program, that's not a conversation usually that we have. So we're excited. We get to talk about this. You guys are uh, at one point earlier this week, you were at 19 in the net. And it's one of the metrics that they use to kind of determine NCAA tournament teams. And it was like a jump of more than 100 from where you were last year. Had you heard that? Did you know that you'd made that kind of improvement as a team? Yeah, um, one of my teammates sent it in the group chat and we saw we were like, let's go, you know, it doesn't mean we arrived, you know, but it's just a statement for us, you know, like we're growing, we're getting better. We're not the same as last year. So it was really exciting to see that. Let's talk about the stats a little bit. Like you were talking about, I heard your quote um, after the game the other night talking about wanting to have your kind of your jersey um in the in the in the store you know later on so you can't go through this how, how's it feel kind of making you know just to have that mentioned as a person who's gonna sell jerseys because you know women's basketball doesn't get the same you know uh, amount of fans or things that men's do but how's it feel to like kind of be that uh, a person who could have that star power uh in this program moving forward yeah, it's exciting. You know, that's actually kind of like one of my like goals to have my jersey be sold, you know, because like the men's team, they're really good and their jerseys are sold in stores. I always see it at the game day spirit store. And I'm like, man, we need to get some women jerseys out there. I would love to see 24 McKenzie, you know, but hopefully it happens because I've been getting a lot of questions about it. Like people randomly asking, I'm like, uh, it's coming out soon because I like to speak into existence. So, yeah. Oh, good. And we've got you the ultimate, you're the Illini gal, so you can speak it into existence. Right. Um, can you tell me about, was there any time during the Rutgers game that you had to like pick up another player or provide some on-court coaching for one of your teammates to help them out? Yeah, um, usually like on a foul or anything where you can have opportunity to have a huddle. I remember just telling my teammates to like, y'all, we got to get stops. You know, we got to box out. We got to stop fouling too, but mainly just talk about defense when we huddle because that's like what we hang our hat on, you know? So yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Big game this weekend on Sunday, one o'clock tip at uh, the historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. Now I know you're a basketball junkie. Is that going to be kind of cool to get to go play? At, at Butler and, and in that in that building? Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Adaya McKenzie with the uh, huge, huge night against uh, Rutgers, the double-double, 80-62. They were a winner, and again, 8-2 and two on the season. And uh, again, stepping out of conference here this weekend. Adaya, it's just fun to see you. Um, you've always, you know, we always have so much fun uh, talking with you, obviously, but we've yet to bring up deodorant because you have so much fun telling us everything else going on. So... This is great. Yeah, I've been doing pretty well with staying, you know, smelling good. <laughs> That's good. Good to hear. Good to there hear. Go. Yeah. There you go. The, well, our next Big Ten game, I'm not wearing no deodorant though, and make sure. All right. You know what? I'm all for that. Wait, my hands. <laughs> let's, let's win. Yeah. However, you got to do it. Doesn't well, matter. Just you, and you just rub all over. That's right. So yes. Just, that's right. Right. You and now, now we, now we know how she gets open. <laughs> And those nobody poor, wants to come near and the poor lady badgers. Right. Yeah. 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 Check 24. I ain't checking her. I ain't <laughs> Whoa. check 24. I, I'm not, I'm not coming closer. <laughs> Adaya McKenzie, always such a great sport. And uh, we are so excited for the success you guys are having. Good luck at Butler. And we'll talk to you next week.
Thank you. All right. We've got much more to come here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular here all along the Illini Guys Radio Network. Are you tired of your friends and family members being the center of attention? Always the life of the party? Always the one who knows something no one else does? Then change the game with IlliniGuys.com. Insider info on your favorite teams. Analysis on the latest games. Weekly chats with coaches. You take control of the room with IlliniGuys.com. Regular updates from the experts put you courtside and in the locker room. But wait, there's more. Act now and get this free Guys sweatshirt. Comfortable. Stylish. Tell the world, I'm an Illini guy and you're not. Don't delay. This is a limited time offer. Go to IlliniGuys.com. Click the Black Friday button and you are on your way to cool guy status. Feature articles, game analysis, members-only message boards with insider info, plus the cool sweatshirt, all yours. May they never ignore you again. Thanks to IlliniGuys.com. Sign up today. Boy, there's just so much to talk about this week. How about Aaron Judge? Uh, the Giants flirt with them. Uh, I believe he and his wife, both from Northern California, right? Did I read that right? But he said no. Goes to the Yankees um, for Brad's dirty money. This is this is pretty impressive. I mean, that's that's big money even for me. Um, you know, when you get get a uh, you know <laughs> nine years, three hundred sixty million dollars, he'll be Mike's age before that deal's over. So um, this is a uh, this is a tough thing. Uh, it's a, a great thing for Yankees fans, but uh, it, it's it's. I'm just stunned that they keep saying these guys are going to decline at like 35. They keep giving them nine to 10 year contracts though. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is amazing. And you know, you, you ha- he performed on the field and very much like Jim Harbaugh, you know, the, the incentives are there if you win and you succeed good for him. Big stuff. Meanwhile, the uh, probably the next biggest deal we saw Trey Turner um, I remember seeing Trey when I was in DC, came up in the Nats organization, fantastic player. Uh, didn't see him eventually making 300 million over 11 years. Um, <laughs> just, just crazy. You know, it's, it's the money that is being thrown around baseball must be in a pretty good place financially. It's all I can say because yeah. they're giving a lot of money to a lot of people. Um, Turner is, is that he's so he's athletic. He yeah, uh, is very good, has defensive skills. He's got power now you know, 20 plus home run, you know, 40 plus stolen base guy. He's just a, he's a, he's a weapon um, offensively and defensively uh, at a, you know, one of the key positions in baseball. So I, I get it, but man, he's going to be 40 before this deal ends. So, you know, I, I always want the players to make as much money as they can, but if you're ever trying as a sports fan, you're ever trying to see why there are salary caps in um, football and, and basketball, it's because you can be held hostage to the one person who makes really bad decisions. And so now the rest of the league in baseball has to deal with a bunch of, you know, 40-year-old players making unbelievable amounts of money. And the NFL and NBA owners don't want to be a part of that. Well, and I think that's the question that comes in, right? I mean, you know, and we talked about it in the commercial break. Is MLB doing that well that you can you can handle? I mean, you know, the Phillies have got now they've got Bryce Harper's massive deal and now Trey Turner's massive deal. And you still need money to sign other players. Um, and to your point, are you getting to a point where once again, you're going to be, you know, is this just fiscally irresponsible? And unlike to your point, the NBA, the NFL, which have structured salary caps that ensure 
their financial success for years to come, it feels like baseball is building back up again to where it's going to be a problem in the not too distant future. Well, and I think the other problem is the the lack of parity. I mean, you know, you can have a run every now and then, but it's not a consistent thing. A small market team just doesn't have the same resources that the Yankees have and be able to give that money. And I'm evidently the Phillies are a big market, really big market team now because they're they're throwing money around well. And Sandy, we know about San Diego, San Francisco, and the Dodgers, of course, paying every the Mets, etc. All these guys, and now even Texas, giving Degrom the massive deal, you know. Um, Jay Verlander getting the big deal. So all these huge contracts now it takes away, but you don't see Kansas city signing some, uh, big name free agents do you because they don't have the market. So in the NFL, you can see this team's happening because they have a, a more of a hard cap. This is just kind of a, it's not really a cap. They don't make people spend. They don't have the revenue sharing they need. It creates lack of parity. Yeah, and like I said, you only need one idiot, and now everybody else has to live to that. Um, and I do think the the challenge for this this sport will be with this type of spending. The next time the owners get into a strike situation, there are going to be many owners who are resolute that we have to have a salary cap to protect us from maybe three or four outliers. And that's when the sport really gets ugly when they get into those type of uh, situations with labor negotiations. It's just, it's so frustrating. And I think about um, the Brad Pitt movie Moneyball about the A's. Was that set what 20 years ago? Was that early two thousands? That was set. Do I have that math right? Or I've lost track. Uh, Late nineties. Late nineties. Okay. So, so a movie that it's, it's 20 years ago and yet the problem still exists today where, you know, in terms of you're going to have to think smart if you are Oakland or Kansas City or Seattle or one of these smaller market teams, you just can't compete, you know, with those kinds of dollars. So you're always going to be the bottom feeder. You've got to think differently if you're going to be able to succeed. And that's what's unfair to, to your point that you don't have that now. Where in the NBA, you know, Milwaukee and Indiana can be just as competitive as L.A. teams, as New York, as Boston, as Washington um, you know, it's a level playing field. And I, and I think that makes the game more exciting. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Cause you go into a season, some of these teams go into the season, they know they're not going to be good. And so there's lack of interest and it's not fun to be a fan of a team that stinks. You know, as you go through a rebuild, you know, the Cubs, for example, going through a rebuild, uh, you know, it was, I, I, I sat on a plane which from Chicago to New York with all these Cub fans, they were complaining about, you know, they were, well, hopefully they sign some guys so we don't suck this year. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's what you, they went into that season knowing last year was going to be a rough year. And, and I think that's only in the major leagues is it really like that, where you, it's such a long, takes a long time to turn around. Because where in the other sports, man, it's one free agent or one draft and you're right back at the top. Yeah. And the NFL, look, I, I, being a Cowboy fan, you know, back when they implemented the uh, cap for the first time, you know, Dallas lost 11 um, starters or second stringers because of the salary cap. A guy like Jerry Jones could have bought his way just like the New York Yankees. And yet the league is the strongest out there because of that parity. The fact that literally you don't know who's going to be the team that turns it around 180 degrees every year. And every fan base has that opportunity to do that, except for the Raiders. Shut up. <laughs> hey, anyway, I got a, they, they had a great off season. It's just their in season. <laughs> <laughs> 
stay with us. Much more to come here on the Sports Spectacular. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. We were laughing during the timeout. You know you're an old college student when your college career began during the Obama administration. Um, almost not quite, but Frank Harris making news this week. He's a star quarterback for Texas San Antonio, who is going to return for a seventh college season. I guess, I don't know, getting your doctorate at this point. Um, the <laughs> thing is he is, uh, he holds 34 school records uh, down there for the Roadrunners at uh, UTSA. He secured an NIL deal. So you really can't blame him. Uh, he's a really good quarterback. He just led uh, UTSA to their second straight conference USA championship. And he's back for a seventh year. That's a long time. That's longer than a lot of NFL careers. <laughs> so <laughs> you must, but with NIL, here's my thing with NIL. Some of these guys, if they're not going to make it in the NFL. Stay yeah. in college. Yeah. You know, stay in college as long as you possibly can. And we got the COVID year and you can red shirt like three times and get a, you know, a waiver. And the next thing you know, you're, 42 years old in your quarterbacking. You're Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going to be going back to college soon because he didn't get his degree. <laughs> Look, Brad Sturdy is our friend, and I feel like I need to stand up for him because if this guy thinks he can get more college credits than Brad Sturdy, that gets that hits me because Brad Sturdy has more college credits than anybody. Yeah, his, he's got a ways to go. Okay. <laughs> he can't catch me. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to, he might have to get a, Although I only went six years, I condensed it and did well. I, I got a lot of credits. So. Well, I try. I always tried to tell people. My dad didn't think this was funny, but I'd tell my. I compressed uh, four years of college into five. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, here's the deal with Harris. On Wednesday, um, they announced an NIL deal with PM Group. It's an advertising, marketing, and branding agency based on there in San Antonio. The CEO says that they had worked out um, a deal that's in the six figures to keep him around. So uh, good news for him. By the way, in case you're wondering, not quite Obama, but almost, he uh, redshirted his first season in 2017. So actually the first year of the Trump administration. And, uh, and now here he is. Um, 
Word is there's gray in his beard. Uh, that's how long he's been there. Okay. I got uh, that. I could, I resemble that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. right. We all do. Some less funny news uh, to the Big Ten. Um, uh, what, Michigan, one of Michigan's uh, key players, uh, lost for the year. Guys, what happened with him? Man, I, the knee injuries, you know, the un, no, no contact knee injuries. Those are always the scary ones. I, you just feel bad for this, for this kid. I mean, you know, and, and Michigan as a whole, but I, I just hate when players get hurt. I mean, I, that's one of my, the thing I hate the most, they just miss an opportunity, a chance to play. And um, I, I just really, that's one thing about sports that, that probably if I, I look at wins, losses are fine, whatever you lose games, but you hate to see anyone get injured. Yeah. And, and this, this also, you know, the first off you just, you saw it when he went down with nobody around him, you knew it's like, uh Oh, cause this is a tough kid. Um, and then the other thing is, is, is it puts Michigan in a tough spot with not a lot at point guard right now. Um, and, and that is such a key position to win at, at any level in basketball. Um, it, that's going to make it a much tougher year for Juwan Howard and his team. Yeah. Jalen Llewellyn, the player, uh, tore his ACL in his <clears throat> left knee. And as, as you guys mentioned, it was a non-contact injury. This happening last Sunday over in London, England, as a uh, Michigan took on uh, and lost to Kentucky in a game over there. So Llewellyn, um, again, a, a key uh, player in that backcourt for Michigan makes that uh, their road now even tougher, not only to win the Big Ten, but also possibly just to get the NCAA tournament. Um, that really leaves them thin in the backcourt. Another player going down with an injury, you guys were telling me about um, the Brazil kid from Arkansas. Yeah, transferred from Missouri. Um, so, yeah, actually, I had got a chance to watch him play live Last year when Illinois played Missouri, he's a, you know, and he was really a high potential guy when he went in the portal, you know, it was like a lot of people wanted him. He, you know, chose this off to a great start um, at Arkansas. And now, now he goes down as well. It's, it's, it's again, another injury you just hate to see because he had some NBA stock. His NBA stock had risen and he's gotten on the radar here. And uh, now he's got the injury. Yeah. And, and that Arkansas team, you know, um, in a lot of ways, as I looked at teams across the country, Arkansas and Houston are two of the top teams, just pure athletic um, and and really good basketball teams. And, and that's going to really hurt them when they get further into the season and they have to play against teams like Houston. Um, and as basketball fans, I'd have preferred both these players uh, weren't hurt so we could watch them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Trevon Brazil, 6'10", sophomore, as Brad mentioned, transferred from Missouri. Uh, right knee is the one that he injured in the first half of that uh, game against UNC Greensboro earlier this week, and so uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. We wish ourselves a speedy return to your radio dial. We are all done. Once again, as always, two hours goes way too fast. Thanks to our guests who stopped in earlier, and we appreciate your time as well. For Brad Sturdy and Mike Hegley and everyone involved here in the show, I'm Larry Smith, and we'll see you next time. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.